This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Business by the Numbers. I'm your host, Hunt Demarest, CPA with Parmelis and Associates. While we're on the topic of e-vehicles last week, I realized that we haven't spent much time talking about the original energy credit, solar panels. Just like EV credits, this one seems to change all the time. So we'll get into what it is, how much you can get, and how to claim this on this week's episode. Before we get into that, I want to have a quick word from our partners who make business by the numbers possible. Let's face it, your shop management system is the most critical tool in your shop. Napatrax will move you into the SMS fast lane with on-site training, six days a week support, and local representation. Visit them online at napatrax.com. That's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Promotive makes automotive recruitment simple. They go beyond the job boards and take care of every aspect of the recruiting process, giving you more time to focus on your shop and customers. Visit them on the web at gopromotive.com. Unlike EV credits, the solar or renewable energy credits are fairly straightforward to get. No sort of crazy calculation or tips and tricks and stuff like that. If you get the solar panels, you get the credit pretty much. Before we go any further, though, I have to mention the name renewable energy credits because it's not just solar. There's credits for wind, turbine, and other renewable sources. But I've personally never seen anything other than solar, so that means that you probably won't either. Quick here, though. I will have one thing at the end of this I want to put on there related to EVs that's somewhat like this, but a little bit different, and I forgot to mention it last week. But that's going to be a little teaser for you to listen to the end, or fast forward, but you should probably listen. Now back to the credit. Like I said, this is pretty easy to do. And so really when you look at this, you need to figure out two things. Where are you using this and how much did you spend to put this together? So this is a credit more or less exactly the same for personal and business. And either way on this, it is the total cost of the installed system. No, you don't have to figure out how much the panels were and you don't get to write off the labor. You don't just have to do the labor and the panels and none of the wiring installed, ready to go from head to toe, whatever it costs to put that system up. Now, once you have the cost of that system, and let's say it's $50,000, you get a 30% federal credit on your taxes. Just like the EV credit was, and this is changing, obviously, if you listened to last week, the way that you claim this and get the tax savings is on your tax return. So unfortunately, just like the EV credit is now, there's no sort of instant gratification unless you're doing it towards the end of the year. You know, I'm recording this in the middle of October. So if you were to go out and get solar panels now within the next probably six months or so, depending on when you file your taxes, you will get that 30% credit back. So $50,000 installation cost all in, you're going to get a $15,000 credit on your tax return. Now, just like the EV credit, though, this is a non-refundable tax credit. So if you do not owe any tax, not as in refund or balance due, like your total tax liability, if it is less than that amount or none at all, you cannot get this money back. So let's say that your total tax liability is $10,000. You are not going to get a $5,000 refund for the additional credit that you weren't able to claim. Now, good news is, is that credit carries forward for five years. I would have to imagine that you're going to use it up in the next five years. If you are not using it up, then I would argue, hey, the solar is probably the least of your worries. If you don't have any tax liability for five years, you probably don't have much money either. 
So not meant to be funny there, really just talking about, hey, if you can't utilize this full return on investment in the first year, then maybe the paperwork that they're giving you is not exactly on the up and up. Now, for a smaller system like that, most of my clients could probably use it all. But if you have a big shop and a big operation, I've seen these get into the hundreds of thousands of dollars for installed price, which means 50, 60, $80,000 in credits, which is a lot of tax. Now, like I said before, this is a credit that is available personally and for the business. The credit itself is virtually identical, but there is some intricacies here where I thought I would talk about it. Because generally, personal is where a lot of people started to see this. When there was a, you know, the first solar credit that came out, I would say 95% of the ones that I saw come across my desk when I was doing taxes, all related to residential. That's where most of this stuff started. However, you flash forward today, most of the credits that I see going forward are my clients putting this on commercial properties. Now, let's get into some of the details between the two. So personal is generally going to be a cheaper unit, right? You're going to have less panels. You use less kilowatt hours at home than a business. Businesses are going to have much larger panels because you have much more of an electricity need there and you're using a lot more off of the grid. Like I alluded to before, businesses generally have a better return on investment than you do personally for a couple of reasons we'll get into in a second. So I was kind of going down through like I usually do when I do these episodes, and there was a lot of mention about return on investment. And we've done episodes all on return on investment, but I felt that it was important here to explain specifically what I'm talking about when I'm talking about return on investment in this credit. Because just like any sort of investment that you have, When you look at investing in solar, you should be doing the same calculation yourself. You shouldn't just say, hey, I'm getting a tax credit. I'm sure I'm going to make up money on top. No, you got to look at the big picture to make sure that it makes sense for you. So really, there's a couple things to consider when you're doing this credit or two major things, especially when we're talking about a business. That is the tax savings, the credit itself. And then the utility bill savings. And a lot of people don't even think about that because they're just doing this just for the tax credit. But no, I mean, you are essentially getting rid of your utilities in a perfect situation. And a lot of my clients are able to do so. Like I mentioned before, personally, it's going to be a lot lower return on investment. And also, like I said, a lot more common for a couple of reasons. The one that I've heard about a lot, I don't live somewhere that has an HOA, but if you have a homeowners association, a lot of them around the country are blocking solar panel installations on residential properties. They don't like the look of it. They think it breaks up the uniformity of the neighborhood. For whatever reason, a lot of people just can't even get it if they wanted to. Your neighbors will take you to court, they'll fine you. Who knows what will happen? Another thing about it is a lot of houses just aren't set up correctly to accept solar panels. Solar panels get their energy from the sun. If your house or your roof is not facing the right direction, it's not going to be very efficient. If there is a certain percentage of sunlight it has to get, you can't have a ton of trees blocking everything, and also the surface area of your actual house. If you have a very small house, even if you have a large house of square foot, but the square footage of the roof is small, you might not be able to get enough panels up there for it to make financial sense. I've never seen an installation that is shooting to eliminate half of your electric bill. Most people will say, hey, it does not make sense unless you can eliminate it completely. Right along the same lines of talking about utility bills, one of the things that has kind of knocked out a lot of these energy efficient things for residential houses is how energy efficient new houses are. 
Unlike in the past, if you go back, I grew up in a very old house where we didn't even have air conditioning growing up. Not like we were living in a little house on a prairie. It was just a 150-year-old house. Virtually no insulation, all brick, but that's how they were made. Now, also probably one of the least energy-efficient houses that you could possibly build. Flash forward to today, not only are almost all homes, well, I'm talking about here in Maryland. I'm sure it might be different in other places. But in Maryland, all the outside walls are two by sixes. Even 20 years ago, most were two by four. Two by sixes allows a much thicker wall, much more insulation. And also there is a lot more certification that goes involved in building a house. You have to do a leak down test, make sure that air cannot escape. But what that means is the houses have become so energy efficient, there's not that big sting from the utility bill. Even my house now, in the wintertime, it can get expensive because I have electric heat. But in the summertime, for air conditioning running, maybe $120 a month, it's just really not that expensive because the house is energy efficient. Now, luckily for my utility company, no one in my family, kids, dogs, everyone, Seems to like to close the doors, so we plan to donate plenty to the utility company. Let's face it, your shop management system is the single most important tool in your shop, period. You need Napa Tracks because it integrates with all the major players, including Napa ProLink, PartsTech, OE RepairLink, Epicor, TireConnect, Mitchell One Pro Demand, and more. Napa Tracks has leading edge tools and technology that your shop needs right now. Unlike the other guys, we'll be there after your installation with the best training and support in the business. Your training includes a learning management system that is tailored to each role in your company. Simply put, Trax was designed and built for shop owners just like you. It all starts when a local representative meets with you to learn about your business to help optimize your shop's workflow, efficiency, and profitability. For over 30 years, Napa Tracks has made selecting the right shop management system easy by offering the best, most comprehensive SMS in the industry. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Visit us on the web at napatracks.com. That's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Shop owners, are you struggling to find and retain top-tier talent for your automotive shop? Introducing Promotive on the web at gopromotive.com. With over 40 years of combined industry and recruiting experience, we're the ultimate staffing solution. We go beyond traditional agencies. Our team provides dedicated recruiters and account managers advising on processes, compensation, and benefits. We focus on placing technicians and service advisors with shops that offer the best culture, training, and long-term growth opportunities. Trust our experience to match the right talent to your shop. We carefully select shops that value employee excellence and provide an environment for success. Our dedicated team leads the entire process, leveraging our industry knowledge and expertise. Partner with Promotive and experience their advantage to help you build a high-performing team that drives your shop's growth. Visit gopromotive.com today and let us help find and keep the best talent in the industry. But seriously, think about what the energy bill is for your house compared to what it is for your garage. If you had a garage whose utility bill was $100, $125 a month, you would be blown away. I mean, I have clients that pay hundreds or thousands of dollars a month in utility bills because you were just using so much more electricity than the average residential property. Immediately on a business, you are going to get a much bigger return on investment because if you're wiping out your utility bill completely, that might be $100 for you residentially, where that's $1,200 or $1,400 for your business. 
So this is one of the big things when you're looking at return on investment, you need to be doing your own math because you could be like my house and have a shop that is extremely, extremely energy efficient or for whatever reason, you guys just don't use that much power. You're going to have a much lower return on investment than the guy down the street that's spending three times, four times as much on his utility bill. Now, really one of the biggest things is you throw the utility bills out because some of these, if they're expensive enough, probably pay for itself just on the tax savings alone is the write-off side of this. So if you were to go out and you were to get a $100,000 solar system, you're going to save about $30,000 in the first year in tax credits. That's assuming you have enough tax, but just follow me here. So if you're saving $30,000 in credits in the first year, you're not able to double dip. So you've spent $100,000 on the solar. You can't also depreciate or write off the entire cost of that. You're going to have to reduce it by the credit that you got. So if we're getting a $30,000 credit on the actual solar panel installation itself, we still have $70,000 that we can write off and depreciate. And depending on what your tax rate is, that's probably going to save you probably $15,000, $17,000 in taxes on the write-off alone. So if you combine the credit, which is 30%, and another fifteen dollars or $20,000 in tax savings, right off the bat, you're saving about half of what you paid right on your first year's tax return. This is one of the big reasons I will say that it is still popular for commercial enterprises because that type of credit is massive. Almost 50% when you factor into credit and the write-off on there, a lot of people are doing this and they're saying, hey, maybe this is a lateral shift. Maybe I'm still going to have some utility payment. That is a monstrous write-off, especially on something where people are usually financing. So you're going to get a $50,000 write-off this year and you're probably going to have a monthly payment and possibly even no money out of pocket. So this is the big thing that you need to look at for yourself. And like I said, do not talk to your friends and use their numbers as absolute. Everyone has different needs, whether this is residential or whether this is your business. But think to yourself, all right, I'm going out. I'm going to get this solar panel. How much can I use in credit? If it's for my business, how much more am I going to get a write-off? And then taking a look at your utility bills. How much am I going to save on a monthly basis? Is this going to eliminate it altogether? Or am I going to still have some left over? Another big thing to think about there too is, like I said, you're going to be financing this. So are you losing your utility bill, but making it up and some with this lease payment? Make sure we're not kind of front loading the benefit on it and burning cash every single month just from making the lease payment because it's not enough to just wipe out the utility bill. Can I guarantee you that's going to work for you? No. And like we'll talk about a little bit, most of my clients have been happy for the most part on this, but everyone is going to have slightly different results. As I mentioned before, this one is pretty straightforward. There is not a whole lot of kind of pitfalls here other than the salesmen that can be a little bit, we'll say aggressive. I've seen a lot of return on investment calculations from these salespeople. Be very, very careful. These are salesmen. They're looking to get a job. They're looking to get a sale and get their commission off of it. Do you think that they might kind of fudge the numbers or throw some funny math in there to make you kind of sign on a dotted line? I'm sure. Now, as people are getting more and more educated to this, most of the proposals that I've seen for clients or most of these write-ups where it kind of shows what type of return on investment they're getting, the utility and the lease payment side of it, they have narrowed down. The utility is more or less public information, so they know what you're paying, but just make sure that their math is correct. Really, the biggest thing that can kind of be a little bit of a surprise for a lot of people is that tax credit. 
right? And on these larger systems, and my client doesn't just have that much in tax liability, they might think that they're going to get that instant gratification, first year tax savings on this credit, or they're going to end up getting the full amount, but it might take them two or three years to recognize this as they push that credit forward. As I mentioned before, as long as you have enough tax liability over the next five years, you're not going to lose any of this stuff. And honestly, I have not seen someone that has got this credit that was not able to claim it in that five-year window. Now, some other things to think about here is, does your state also offer credit as well? And a lot of states do. Now, I'm going to use the example of one of my clients that's in Kentucky just to kind of illustrate you what kind of benefit this can have. And if you're Kentucky, you can ask around on this. I believe when he did this last fall, they were changing the credit. But most of these states, like if you were to look at your state right now, you might be thinking to yourself, oh man, this credit runs out the end of 2023. Just keep your eye on it. A lot of these states just do one year, renew it, one year, renew it, one year, renew it. Hey, the federal for the most part was doing this for a while, but the current solar credit that the federal has out there extends to 2032. So we have a little bit of time. Anyways, back to my client in Kentucky. So what he was able to do was pretty cool. And, you know, credit to him for doing his research on this and also credit to the salesman that he had. He did an awesome job on this. If you're in Kentucky and you're looking for more information, if you want to reach out to me, shoot me an email. I'll get you connected because this guy really did earn his commission. So one of the things that he was able to do here is he came and approached my client, did his all return on investment calculation. His system ended up being about $140,000 all in. So just like we were talking about before, going down, looking at the tax savings, looking at the credits. I don't think we'll use up all of the credits last year. We still have some more for this year on it, but it was a very good deal, even if there was nothing more than the federal side of it. Now, what he was able to do, and I'm not sure how he did this, but he was able to work in an energy efficient system or heating system with him as well. Now, he had a waste oil furnace before this. So replacing that and putting an electric heat pump in place was part of the program that qualifies for this credit. Because again, energy efficient, renewable, a lot of places are banning getting rid of waste oil furnaces, becoming less and less common, especially because not sure if they're still doing it, but a lot of places were buying used oil, whereas in the past, people were paying to get rid of it. Anyways, back to my client. If you get a heat pump, you might have another word for a heat pump, and that's generally an air conditioning unit. Generally, a heat pump, air conditioning unit are all one system. And so what my client was able to do is he was able to get kind of a three-for-one type deal. He got solar, he got new, more energy-efficient heat in his building, and also was able to air condition the entire shop. Even better, all of this counted as a package deal for not only the federal credit, but also the Kentucky credit as well. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but this was a pretty big credit on the state side of it. I want to say that that credit was every bit of forty dollars or $50,000. I mean, it was very, very massive. Now, what a lot of these um, companies do is they can actually build that credit into place or let you do it two different ways. And so what my client did in the situation is he was able to buy down payment. And when I say that he's buying down his payment, he's not actually giving them any money. So the way it works is like this. So let's say that you're getting $120,000 and you need to pay them back over 10 years. Let's just ignore the interest here. And it would work out to be what? 
$10,000 or $12,000 a year. Now, if you were to have a $60,000 credit on that, you would only need to be financing $60,000 and you would only have to pay $6,000 a year. It would cut your payment in half. Now, just like the federal side, the states take a lot of times on these credits as well. But unlike the federal side, a lot of these states will just send you a check for your credit. And so he was given a choice. He was saying, hey, you can pay the full boat $12,000 a year. And when that money comes in, you can either use it to pay down this loan or you can just pocket the cash. Or to make sure that this return on investment is a no-brainer for you, Instead, let's already knock your payment down to that lower $6,000 a year amount, knowing that you're going to get that credit here in the next year or 18 months. And once you get that credit, you give us our money, pay down that portion of the note, and your payment will never increase. And that's exactly what my client decided to do. He looked at this and said, hey, I'm financing $120,000 more or less here. The state's going to pay for half of this. So I'm just going to kind of ignore that half. And so did the solar company until he received that credit, which he did, I think, a month or two ago and was able to pay it down. Now, has he been happy with the system? Yeah. Now, is he more happy with the air conditioning than the solar? Maybe, but he said has nothing to say but good things about it. Did what it was supposed to do, got rid of the utility bill, got him a new heat pump, got him air conditioning, and put some money in his pocket. Everyone's pretty happy on that. Last thing to think about here, or last kind of word of warning is... What are you going to do with the extra kilowatt hours? And this is something that's becoming less and less common. And it really depends by state, depends on who your utility company is. And what I mean by this is exactly this. So when this credit first came out, and this is in Maryland, but it was this case in a lot of states, is if your solar panels overproduced, meaning your panels were producing more than your house was consuming, you are actually allowed to feed power back onto the grid. And by rule, the utility companies had to actually pay you. So there was people in Maryland when they first got solar panels, they're actually getting paid by Baltimore Gas and Electric for their overproduction. Now, most of these states and most of the utility companies only had that kind of information on there because it was old rules or old regulations that really had nothing to do with solar. They were actually for other programs but it kind of came back to bite them when solar. Almost nowhere anymore is actually buying power back off the grid. These utility companies were pretty smart. They're like, hey, we kind of control this. We can more or less write the rules. Why the heck are we going to give any money back? Essentially, if you overproduce and you want to spit it back to the grid, thanks for your donation and we move on. Now, I have seen in certain places that they won't pay you that money, but you can kind of bank it. And what I mean by that is, Let's say that you produce 400 kilowatt hours and you only use 200. You sent 200 kilowatt hours back onto the grid. Now, if you didn't have a great month, it wasn't sunny, and you actually had to pull some power off of the grid that month, you're able to use kind of your overproduction from previous months to offset that. Again, a little bit complicated, but something to do some research on because that definitely will change your return on investment calculation, generally in a positive way. The last one on here is batteries, you know, whole house battery systems, commercial battery systems. I'm not really sure, but we don't see very much of these anymore. And also in some states, they don't allow them. Why? I don't know. They're trying to put batteries on the cars, but you're not allowed to put batteries in your house. I don't know. But I've been told that by multiple different clients 
that it's either their utility company won't allow it or their state. But some people do. And obviously, if you can be your own bank, right, bank your overproduction in your battery system, that's going to be really, really nice when they don't have the sun so that you don't ever have to buy it off the grid, theoretically. Last one on here before we kind of wrap all this up. I did tease you that there is one more renewable energy credit that is actually somewhat recent. Going along the same idea here, talking about batteries and chargings, and also kind of related back to last week's EV episode, the 2022 Inflation Reduction Act, which is, again, just such a hilarious name for a government spending bill. But anyways, I digress here. One of the things that they put in place is a commercial EV charging station tax credit. And so very, very similar to the way that a solar panel works. If you set up EV charging stations at your place of business, you get 30% of the cost back in the form of credits. You also get to write off the entire cost of however much you spent to install those charging stations. Now, the only thing that is a little bit tricky about these EVs is there is geographical limitations on where you're allowed to do this. I have only seen a couple clients try and get this. So there is not a ton of information I can kind of share firsthand on this. But if you're interested in it, reach out to an EV installer in your area, Google it. I'm sure that your state has a program as most of them do because it's part of a larger state planning. They're not going to give a credit to three different people that are boom, 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 right in a line on a block that already has 15 other supercharging stations and stuff like that. They're essentially using the private to kind of um, invest in the infrastructure. And in turn, the government will give you back some money. So pretty straightforward. You install the system, make sure that you're in an area that you're going to get the credit for it. Probably got those reversed. Check and make sure in your area first. Then you get the credit on it. Like I said, this one is not very common. I've had a couple clients looking to get it and two specifically that I can think of pretty recently. And both of them were in areas where they would be allowed to get it and they were told that the credits would work. But both of those people actually had a lot of issues from their electric company getting these. Now, if you're thinking about this, if you really want to be the greenest person in the entire world, probably some way to hook up the solar to the EV stations and charge it that way. I don't know. But in both of these clients that was talking about this, both of them were told no by their utility company. They said that they surely just did not have the kilowatt hours or they didn't have the grid to give my client enough power to have one of these stations. Because I don't think you can just put up one. I think that there's like, you have to at least put a couple on there. And I think that obviously the peak kilowatt hours that if you had, you know, three or four of these charging full blast can pull a ton of power. And depending on where you are, Sometimes the grid is already fully overloaded and they're just not going to approve this. Your results may vary. If you work on a lot of Teslas, if you work on a lot of EVs, could be a little bit self-serving to say, hey, I got an EV charging in a parking lot. Customers can use it. Non-customers can use it. And from what I know about this EV credit, it doesn't mean that it has to be free. You can still charge people to do this. So you might have another revenue stream there as well. So Getting back to solar to kind of wrap all of this stuff up, this can be a good investment. And I have seen most of my clients overall happy with their experiences with solar. And that's really to take this in the entire spectrum of since I've been doing this, seeing these solar credits. And really, I would say over the years, people have got more and more happy. 
When these first came out, there was probably a lot of disgruntled people because the panels just weren't as efficient. They didn't last as long, you know, and there were issues all over the place. Flash forward to nowadays, they have this stuff really hammered out. The technology is much more efficient. These guys are much more experienced at doing it. And I would say from a cash flow perspective, worst case, most of my clients were looking to break even, but generally the large write-off in tax credit pushes most people into the black. Or hey, maybe it could be like my one client that wanted to seem more green than he really was and bought old solar panels and installed them on the roof of his garage. Hey, at least we got to give him an A for ingenuity. So as always, please share with friends. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, please shoot me an email at podcast at parmelis.com. Thanks again for listening on the Aftermarket Radio Network. You can find all shows on the aftermarketradionetwork.com and on your favorite podcast listening app. Thanks again for joining me on Business by the Numbers. Stay safe out there, and I will talk to you all next week. You've been listening to Business by the Numbers with Hunt Demarest on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Hunt on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Hunt is all for advancing the aftermarket.